Herr Crumpet's Dietary Dream Diary. The pink elephant, Reginald, is finally apart from me for a few minutes. Hardly a sentence I ever thought I would write. I should never have taken his hand. Paw? Foot? It obeys no logic but the logic of dreams. I found myself in a great dining hall, such as one might find in an old castle, with long tables decked out with endless rows upon rows of food. The mere name food does it a disservice. I have witnessed upon those platters such culinary achievements as would break a lesser orc with envy and despair. Yet barely did we have the chance to taste such treats when the elephant whisked me away. But a taste, old bean, he taunted me. After all, we don't want to get caught. It soon becomes apparent that this food is not Reginald's, but someone else's. It seems we are but thieves happening upon a banquet not meant for us, and helping ourselves to the provender. Reginald seems only to enjoy the extra spice that larceny adds to the food. After the first time I caught sight of the diners, my willingness to rob them changed. They are enormous, the size of the giants of legend. Huge figures of black smoke and fine silver, seeming to dance a grand and timeless waltz in an equally gargantuan ballroom coming off the main banqueting hall. They do not seem to realize that they are massive, nor truly notice my apparent minuscule stature. They certainly notice the absence of the food. Booming voices declare their intent to grind my bones as a nutritious additive to the flour. I repress the urge to comment that it would make a better base for a broth and instead flee. I scream. Reginald cannot help laughing. We make our way through a doorway, not into another room of the castle, but into some wide open plain of rolling green fields and flowers. I look back and see no sign of the castle, only an old hollow tree stump. Reginald drags me on. Come, he demands. We must find the gingerbread man. Before I can protest, he is pulling my arm with strength enough to dislocate it if I do not follow. The race saw the rolling fields, and I swear I can smell cinnamon on the air. At last, exhausted, we pause atop a hill. The elephant leans down, grinning like a maniac. Why does he have such human teeth? My friends tell me you're quite the connoisseur, he booms. We must make a dish together, but you will need to be quick on your feet to get the ingredients, faster than anyone else. I am not a fast orc. I am used to striding across the decks of a ship, my own dominion, not racing cross-country. I don't have the legs for it, or the gut, or the inclination towards exercise. Why, I pant, Ah, you doing this? Because you're my friend, old chap, Reginald laughs. I see a spark in you, something worth stealing. So let's have a real adventure, a culinary caper. <laughs> that's, um, that's an ingredient, right? Yeah. A type of flour, you have some pickled. A little salty for my tastes. I prefer something sweet like those. He gestured to the fields ahead. 
I saw what first I took to be sheep dotted along a pasture. Yet upon closer inspection I realized them to be marshmallows. Giant marshmallows, the size of sheep, bumbling along the grass, chewing it up with gummy mouths, but no heads. Reginald patted me on the shoulder. The first ingredient to our recipe, friend. You'll need to move quickly to grab one, or the shepherd might take offence. They're a good shot for all their lack of <laughs> depth perception. That, I cried, why are we even doing this? But when I turned, he was gone. Here I have sat, contemplated and written. There is no sign of the elephant, nor of any way out. It seems if I am to survive this place, I have no choice but to carry out his bizarre heist. Wish me luck, diary. I will write more if I survive. I have survived, though barely. I crept down to the marshmallow fold and stole upon one of the creatures. I managed to wrap my arms around one, but I did not expect it to struggle so. It wriggled and writhed like a real beast, punching and kicking me with its soft fluffy corners. I struggled to quiet it, but its inevitable bleating awoke the shepherd. Rising out of the hill, no, rising from the hill, made of the hill itself, was a great green giant with a single eye burning this terrible light. It seemed to be formed of earth and grass. It stared down upon me and declared, Who are you that steals my flock? I panicked and called out, Nobody? Then nobody shall die this day. I screamed and ran as the one-eyed giant began ripping chunks of the earth and hurling them at me. I ran until my blood boiled and my legs turned to lead, until I found an arch of gold, upon which Reginald leant, eating a pepper packet of marshmallows. He chuckled to see me. A well-made theft, and princely done, but ever faster must you run. Now come, my friend, pick up the scent. On to our next ingredient. The pink elephant dragged me through the arch and into what seemed to be a strange market in a city of baked brick buildings beneath a hazy orange sky. Thousands of bizarre figures, inexplicable things like walking fish and burning coals with eyes, jostled about making their purchases or selling strange goods beneath the brightly coloured canopies. The only people I even vaguely recognised were a party of gnomes manning a stall. Reginald plucked the struggling marshmallow beast from me and bundled it under one arm. Follow your nose, he said. If we've a chance to make this dish, pick out the smell among the fish. I wanted to protest, but I was lost again. Reginald was the only one who could get me out. Perhaps if I played his game, he would release me. I sniffed the air. Trusted to years of culinary skill, and among the melting pot of scents, I found it. Snaking through the air, almost hidden to one with duller scents, was the clear tang of ginger. Is that them? I asked. Is this who we need to find? Reginald gave me only an enigmatic smile. I searched the bazaar of his eye and nose, and there upon a roof I spotted it. The source of the ginger scent.
Not a man at all, but a wisp in the air, like a flurry of leaves around a little whirlwind, but made of sand. No, not sand. Powdered ginger. As soon as I saw it, it startled and started to flit away. Reginald clapped me on the back, propelling me forward. Run, he commanded. Run as fast as you can. I burst into a run, my muscles already aching and groaning, my body howling its mistreatment. Terror and urgency forced me onward, barreling through members of the crowd, thieving, trying to find a clear path to follow the ginger haze. I let my desperate legs carry me on, tracking the wisp as it fluttered up to the rooftops, and in moments I found myself leaping, racing, clambering over stalls of merchandise, scrabbling up the cloth coverings to get up to its level. Shouts followed me, screams, and then arrows. Enraged shoppers threw brightly coloured fruit, peaches, apples, and strange fruit made of glass and metal. Others fired arrows from bows, arrows made of lights that set the stalls they struck aflame. I felt myself cooking, baking amidst the heat, but I was getting closer. On a surge of inspiration, I scrubbed a sack hanging from a stall, dumped out its contents, and leapt for the wisp. The little flurry, the tiny storm of ginger, fluttered out over wide streets, whole stories below. I barely realised how far I dropped, how deadly it would be, as I stretched out with the sack and fell upon the ginger wisp. The sack enveloped it, and with a lurch of motion I sealed it shut, then fell. I splashed into water, into a raging sea with storms above. I struggled to keep hold of the pack, the spirit of ginger within fighting me every step of the way. I floundered, fought to keep above the waves, swallowed mouthfuls of strangely sweet peppermint-flavoured water. Then a handpaw hoisted me up. Reginald pulled me onto his mount. Not boat nor ship he rode, but what appeared to be a gigantic yellow duckling with a mean-spirited gaze. Rub-a-dub-dub, he chortled, rough dip in the tub. Still not so lost, for I can see the second ingredient you've brought to me. What madness is this? Where have you brought me? I demanded. Such strangeness as a sweet for to see. Why, just what it is, and all that it seems, for such is the way in the land of dreams. Though fear not, friend, you're almost done. Just bake the dish, and what's due? shall come. They carried along that sugary sea until the angry duckling deposited us upon a beach of smooth stones, millions upon millions of boiled sweetmeats. It is here I have stopped to write their diary, until we must away. I shall write again once we next stop to tell you of the day. We approach the end now. Here, at last, I will write to you of what came to pass. Upon the isle of saccharine stone the pair of us did stride. We made our way to the summit, far above the crashing tide. There, within a crack, was a blazing golden fire, a mighty hidden oven stoked with dreams imagined ire. There lies the kiln, said Reginald. Our dish must now be baked. We have two parts, we lack a third. Its absence quite the ache. 
Then tell me, friend, I did implore, and so you'll have your fun. There can this last part yet be found, for then I swear we are done. Yon valley, said the elephant, and pointed to a crack. Within a nest you'll find the dough that we do surely lack. With that I left the ginger bag and burst into a run. I found my legs not tiring now, nor burning like the sun. Instead my stride did lengthen, as a purpose filled my soul, and so it was I came upon the last ingredient's hole. Within the crack there was a nest, ill-flanked by monsters rare, a pastry dragon, philo wolf, and one fell short crust bear. An elephant made of ganache, with four arms raised to snatch, a bird of stale marshmallow, with a beak outstretched to catch. Amid this baked menagerie, there sat my salt for prize, a bowl of soft, fresh dough, passing strange to any eyes. It quivered, fabled, seemed alive, how strange it made me feel. In this vague world of dreams it seemed to me the thing most real. I burst into the canyon, and the beasts at once did start. Rousing from their slumber, each one did play their part. The philo wolf snapped at my heels, the short crust's bear's teeth seemed quite real. The elephant's trunk gave a call as ursine claws they tried to maul. I ducked and dodged with new-found speed, with grace more oft found in a steed. My gait did not befit my frame, but still it saved me all the same. The mallow bird swept for my head, but missed and struck the wolf of bread, which left only the pastry worm whose baking breath my stomach turned. Just it and me between the dough, and time itself did seem to slow. As it drew breath to roast my meat, I tumbled in between its feet. With frightful hands I grasped the bowl and ran away with what I stole. Yet victory was not so fresh, for they were baked and I was flesh. The dragon's breath did grill my back as I fled its fatal attack. Bloodied, burnt and broken, I returned to Reginald, my flesh a smoking ruin from the dragon's parting scald. It seems, I croaked, our heist is done, for all I have the prize. So you must find another who will make this pastry rise. Fear not, old chap, said Reginald. "'Twas all part of the plan. "'You see, my friend, "'twas all the path to the gingerbread man.' "'Is your head baked?' I did exclaim. "'You fool, I'm dead and gone. "'Whatever mad plan you did have, "'tis surely all gone wrong.' "'Oh, no,' said he. "'You cannot die. "'You're no longer that churl. "'You ate our food. "'You drank our drink. "'You're now part of our world.' The mortal frame that brought you here was a means to an end. Now blend the ginger, sweet and dough, and rise again, my friend. I will not share the recipe that did my form transmute, yet I was quite remade in a manner most acute. I am slender, fester, neatly iced, with golden-browned complexion. I am just a faster master chef, with an unmatched direction. Her crumpets gone, and few would mourn the loss of that poor man. 
I'm better off, this way, my friend, with speech that always scans. So run and tell, fast as you can, my tale with childish glee. I am the man of gingerbread, and you can't outrun me.